up world it's your past first point guard and trailblaze reporter mike richmond you're listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts and now also on youtube if you're listening to my voice and you haven't subscribed to the youtube channel go ahead and do it and another reason to go ahead and do it is because today's show we got a very special guest or a annual guest returning to the podcast friend of the show nate duncan host of the Dunked On Basketball podcast and literally every other podcast in the basketball space. Like, Nate's just, Nate, what Nate's doing is talking into microphones, so I convinced him to talk into a microphone with me briefly. Nate, how you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. It's getting excited for the trade deadline here. Yeah, we're it's, we're recording this on January 15th. Uh, it's a Saturday morning record, a classic time to record a podcast. Everyone knows. You wake up Saturday morning and you, and you talk hoops. So we're making it happen. We're about a, a little less than a month out. Um... Let's talk about as we barrel towards the trade or trade deadline, what's going to happen with the Portland Trailblazers? Um, just like sort of big picture, and then we can kind of zoom in. What direction do you see them going here over the next month? Yeah, that's a tough call, right? It does seem like all the reporting has indicated that Nurkic and Covington will be available. Maybe they'll listen on CJ. Haven't really heard anything about that. Yet he's, I think, making his return on Monday as we record this now. So I'm interested to see what happens and what the market for those guys ends up being. Certainly Covington will have a market. I, The struggle where I come to is, is there really a first-round pick out there for these guys? Are they are two seconds? Is that going to do it for the Blazers? Is that worth it? over having their bird rights. I realized I, I was listening to your show in preparation for this from a couple of days ago. And certainly there's a feeling that there just needs to be a reset with some of these guys. But then you also run into this situation where, oh yeah, you need a, a and Larry Nance maybe could be available too. But if they're going to try and keep Dame and compete next year, yes, they, they'll have a, a draft pick. I don't know if they would want to move that to get more help, but Nurkic and Covington are still good players, right? So how are they going to, and they weren't good enough with those guys. So yeah, you might trade them, but then how are you going to actually upgrade on them if your plan is to compete next year? That's what I've really been struggling with as I think about this Blazers future. Yeah, it seems like it would be a tough needle thread for them to trade for veterans that are upgrades, like or like dudes, not picks, like players, not picks, who are up, yeah. who are clear upgrades or even just like stylistic upgrades over Nurk and Covington and also be bad enough to miss the playoffs and be worse than the Pelicans and the Kings. Like they have a tough needle to thread. Um, do you think, do you, do you, you think they have to be sellers though? Like, is that your sort of, they have to, do they need to make these moves? Like, is that, is that, is it necessary that they, that they dump Cove and Nurk and maybe Norm and Larry, et cetera, et cetera. I just, the whole plan is just very difficult for me when they are keeping Damian Lillard. To me, that should probably be the first domino. But if they're going to keep him, then, and they still got CJ McCollum, they got Dave making 42 next year and CJ making 33 and Norm Powell making 17. And so, yes, if you, even if you strip everything else off the books, and you don't have a cap hold for Anthony Simons. So you would only have basically Larry Nance at 9.7, Nasir Little at 4.1, Greg Brown, 
That's it. Everyone else is off the books except uh, poor Andrew Nicholson, who still has two more years at, at 2.8 million. So even then, you're basically at the cap. Right. There's no way to create meaningful cap space for this team as long as you have Damon CJ on the books. And so, all right, you're going to let Covington and Nurkic go. And then maybe you could do a sign and trade, or you just have your mid level left. And you have to replace a starting center and either a starting or high quality backup power forward. And oh, by the way, you also have to re sign Anthony Simons. And if you do that, you're still running into maybe getting close to the tax anyway. Because that's the thing on Co- Covington and Nurkic, hey, losing those guys is great, but they each make only 12 million. Right. You're probably not going to replace either of those guys for a combination of 24 million, or you're probably going to have a downgrade. So I, I'm just the idea that, yeah, they're going to trade guys and reload. Maybe they could bring guys in with the picks that they get for coming to Nurkic, but I don't know if those picks are going to be that good. And so I, this reload plan, yeah, you, you might have a better draft pick. I don't think they're going to want to trade the number seven overall pick if they get that. So I'm just having real trouble finding what the plan is to reload around Damian Lillard for next year where they're going to be better than they were this year. Yeah. It's, it seems like um, just like where they are financially and with the guys they have in the team is like to get, to get to a level above where they are. I mean, they could probably maybe reload and end up somewhere where they've been. It's like right on that play in play, play in line, but right. Right. You could say, you could say if Dame, had been healthy this year and played the same way he played last year with a slight reduction just because offense just in general is down this this year they are we're going through a long period when he was playing of being a top five offense still yes the defense was terrible i don't know what you do about that maybe they've, they've tried a lot of different things <laughs> to fix the defense it hasn't worked but yeah you could maybe talk yourself into the idea that they could have gotten into maybe being a top six team in the West, if everything had gone right. But of course, not everything right. goes right every year. And it's also, even if with Dame, you want to say, yeah, it was this surgery. It's why he had a poor year. He's still going to be his age 32 season next year. So it's hard to expect that he's going to play as well as he played two years ago, even if he's healthy. And then as you get older, you run into more durability issues as well. So I'm, just holding on to Dame, I I guess if he wants to be there and maybe that means something to have him retire as a blazer, but I don't see how with him making the money that he's making that you are going to be able to build much above where they've been so far. They've, I mean, cause you and I, how did we feel about, I know I kind of like the Covington move. I like the Nance move. You know, those seem like the best they could logically do in this situation. Did you, did you agree with that? Or did yeah. you feel like they should have been doing something else? Though? I mean, if, if they weren't going to trade CJ McCollum, which it seems like they weren't. Um, and also I don't think the market for him at his price and his, um, and sort of what he brings was like going to be, you know, really highly rewarding. But I, I liked, I even liked the Norman Powell trade. Um, I thought he was an upgrade over Gary Trent. He might not be an upgrade over Gary Trent in two years, but um, I thought he was like, yeah, I, I will say that's the one that I wasn't on board with. The idea of bringing him in to start at the three when your defense was the problem, <laughs> that just didn't really make a lot of sense to me personally, even though I think he's he's a good player. And I kind of, I, I like Trent maybe a, 
about the same as Norm this year, and but he obviously had a, a massive salary expectation, right. and they felt like Powell would give them some more certainty. So, and then they got paid the same I, amount of money, but they committed more years to Norm. So there you go. You got they got got by yeah. the shooting guard collusion market. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I, I don't know, but but ultimately it's and, and then they fired the coach and they brought in another coach who's going to hold more people accountable, and the defense, if anything, is been worse or at least so, the same and bad in a new way it's like they're still really bad at it but they are bad in a t- with a totally new look of how they're bad um yeah i i actually i like i've liked the moves that they've made i thought they were going to be like i think when we did your uh preview show on your on your podcast that i thought they were going to be like sixth in the west and a 45 to 47 win yeah. team like i thought they were going to be pretty good yeah. i took the, i took the over on them as well and I'm gonna, that's gonna be a loser obviously this year so yeah i, I i'm not um, I think they have a path back to the middle. I just don't think the idea that they're gonna, they can massively it's going to be tough for them to massively improve. Um, just because based on what they have to trade, you know, no first round pick, et cetera, et cetera, um, or like they have to lose to keep the first round pick. Uh, so they need to not be super good right now. Um, you mentioned the sort of the the elephant in the room. Uh, let, let's talk about that. But first, let's talk about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's it. That's what they're doing. They're making delicious protein bars. I've been eating at Bill Bars for a long time, almost three whole years. Pretty regularly part of my uh, my snack and eating diet. If it's me, I'm, I'm reaching my pantry and I'm grabbing cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie. But Bill Bars got new flavors and limited time flavors popping up all the time. So you're going to find something that meets your palate, meets your preferences. And whatever you grab, you're going to find it that they pack a punch. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, no more than 5 grams of net carbs good and good for you tasty and healthy go get yourself some go to built.com use a promo code locked 15 get 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right still chatting here with nate duncan you mentioned it before in this first segment nate should they trade dame Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, if they, because here's again with the money that he's making right now, even at his absolute best, I've said this before. We've talked about this, where he's a maybe top seven player in the NBA is probably what he topped out at, and for a team that had that kind of player without another clear all-star another clear top 10 player i think the blazers did as well as could be up yes there were missteps there are a lot of great wins for them as well 2016 was a a big issue other than that i thought they did a pretty decent job with some of their signings and they got a lucky bracket that one year in 2019 and got to the west finals that's won a couple playoff series that's about all i think you you should expect with that sort of a team and that sort of a player as your best guy and they've given up a lot of future assets to try to build. They've done everything they could. I don't, I don't think it's worked. And so I think if they just continue forward with Dame here, as we've talked about, all right, trade Covington, trade Nurkic, might get some some picks. Then are you going to just turn around and trade those picks for the next Covington and Nurkic? Right. And is that going to really change things for you? I guess maybe your hope would be with Dame is Simons just really blows up 
little really blows up and maybe that's how you get back into potentially being a home court advantage team in the west but again i'm just not really sure how that fixes their defense which is their biggest issue maybe little is a big part of that so yes i would move on from dame i would the surgery does complicate things although danny and i were talking about this that maybe it even it makes a trade more palatable if dame could actually come back this year because there's an explanation for why he struggled so much this year where maybe you're not you wouldn't be as worried about that going forward right if you say but also he's not going to play until march so that's that's an issue if you're trading for him on february 10th but i still think either now or this offseason the move needs to be made i would say now is better if you can but maybe the package is not the big because here's the other thing too right is there i think the risk of not trading him is high right now does that make sense to you sure because right now i think there are teams that would give you that whole draft package and maybe some prospects right philly new york who is the team that has assets that necessarily is going to make that you could maybe get ben simmons from philly who is at least someone that you could probably move again i don't know if keeping him around for a rebuild makes a ton of sense but he at least is someone who might be able to be movable as well. But if you know Dame doesn't come back and then you know think Philly makes a different trade, things change a little bit, or Philly gets James Harden, something along those lines. Because I don't see the team out there other than New York or Philly that wants to just make that crazy godfather offer for Dame. And so this to me is kind of an inflection point where and he's going to be making so much money going forward he's going to want this extension I was going to say he might be making where... more money going forward if if he gets yeah. you know so it could be get tougher yeah i i i think the like the four picks three swaps two starter level players package is um unlikely to show up in july i mean i also think the blazers aren't going to trade him so we're just talking in hypotheticals but right. but yeah like um yeah I, I i i see what you're saying is like if you don't strike now the particularly your biggest suitor Philly is going to be probably off the board. And then you're kind of waiting around for that sort of next thing to come up and teams trading for Dame are going to be in a very specific sort of level of team building, right? They want a 32 year old all-star guard. Who's going to be really good for two seasons, you know, a small window type team. Uh, it's, it, it, the, it's just going to shrink naturally the further you go down the line. I, 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 I buy the logic. Yeah, and I guess the the question they need to figure out existentially is just what is it worth to them, to the community, to the fans to just have Damian Lillard around, have the exact same season that they've had the last three years, if not worse, with Dame for the next three, four years, have him retire as a Blazer. Is that worth both being mediocre for those next three or four years and then starting? Yeah, I think that's having three or four more years. Like you're talking about probably six to eight years of not really being any kind of a contender as you hold on to him. Because you're not going to really get to start rebuilding with the high draft picks until three, four years from now, probably, if you just hold on to him forever and you're still trying to win it. Maybe you're even giving up future assets again to try and get better around him. So you're really, and as opposed to you move him. You're bad this year. Maybe you're bad for two more years. You've also got all these future picks available 
to turbocharge the rebuild. And then ideally, you know, now we've seen rebuilds last for 15 yeah. years, but ideally we, we haven't, what we haven't seen though is rebuilds that start with a lot of surplus picks failing in that way, right? It's the Sacramento Kings who I think have gotten maybe one future surplus draft pick in this entire 15 years that they've been in the wilderness. Whereas if you're starting off with a lot, a lot of capital, then you just have a much better chance of hitting your rebuild. And so you know, you can look like the Hawks or Philly or Boston or, you know, Houston is looking pretty decent right now, or obviously OKC has, a, you know, they'll, nothing's ever going to happen like that again in terms of picks. But that that's kind of my, that's the inflection point. I know this isn't exactly probably where you wanted to go with this conversation. Hey, listen, just, uh, this is like yeah. the, we, this is the sort of thing that's been simmering under the uh, surface of lockdown blazers for months. So I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're here talking about it. It's like yeah. what a rebuild might look like. Um, and I'm with you. Yeah. I think. The, and, and so I know blazers fans are listening to this. And so I, I'm to me, I I'm just interested. Like this is an existential question of what it is to own a team, what it is to be, a fan to have a player like this who could retire Dirk. Like I, I actually, I think that the Mavs are kind of an interesting analog, except their first, uh, they got lucky and missed the playoffs with Dirk and then were able to trade for Luca, which I, you know, I don't know how replicable that is to still have a Dirk was so bad at that point at the end that they could still just rebuild anyway, which I don't know would be the case for Dirk. Yeah, so, and Dirk I, didn't sign a $100 million yeah. extension at age at his age. It was a little bit different financially. So No, that's true. Yeah, you you make a great point. He was providing or uh, flexibility for the organization. And they still actually couldn't build around right. him, and they spent from 2016 to 2018, 2019 of just kind of very much around the fringes of the playoff race, and they also had flexibility and they still couldn't get it done. During that time. Yeah. I, I do think there is something to be said for the Blazers maybe leaning into just, Hey, this is our guy and we're going to go, we're just going to ride it out with him. Um, and I think, like you said, there's something to what it means to a question of sort of loyalty and, and maybe even a branding part of being like Damien Lord is the Portland trailblazers and we're going to go forward with him. But I think your point is about, when the rebuild starts is really the dicey one. I think you can be a, a mediocre to decent team with Dame on the roster for the next couple seasons. He's really good, and I, I believe he can be healthy and good again. But at some point, you have to hit the reset button, and when you do it, you might be pro, you might be starting that journey into the wilderness with um, on on worse footing than you are now. Um, I think in general, I'm maybe not pro trading Dame, but I I I think there's a really reasonable argument to make that if you're trying to if you're trying to get good he's the piece that helps you get good down the line as opposed to all their other moves I, do you think there's a market for cj mccollum because i mean that's that's what they're going to try to do first like what do you what's your perception of that yeah we haven't really heard it talked about yet i'm not sure exactly what his perception is it would be nice if he could come back and play well here for a couple of weeks right and kind of convince teams that he can help this year at CJ two years left after this one at 33.3 and 35.8. And yeah, it has never been an all-star and his defense is not, he, he tries, but his defense at the two guard position makes things difficult. If you also just have a conventional point guard next to him, as we've seen it ad nauseum with these blazers, 
So as I go through it, I'm trying to think of what team he's going to be a massive upgrade for. We thought maybe Philly would be one, but now you say, hey, is he really that much of an upgrade on Tyrese Maxey at this point in time? Or a team like Atlanta? You CJ can create more in isolation than your average shooting guard, but he's also probably worse defensively. And so what team really needs that skill set could the Cleveland Cavaliers maybe be interested in him? Right. That's that would be they're not going to necessarily be in the free agent market. Their books are relatively clean going forward although it it you know would Kevin Love be part of that trade? Potentially Love's actually been helping yeah, them he's this pretty year, good. but he probably would have to be. Small forward Kevin or, Love. Or it would be I'm sorry. Small forward Kevin Love, guy who plays a little bit of 3 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or it would be Probably Markinen and Rubio would be right. the other way you would do that. And then is Cleveland would one first round pick from Cleveland, Markinen and Rubio, like Cleveland's first round pick this year? Yes. Eh, maybe. Maybe that's something that could happen. Right. Uh, I, or, you know, Denver doesn't really seem like a fit at all. They, I'm thinking of just teams that desperately need some competence in the backcourt would. Dallas be interested with something around Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell and a first round pick. Yeah, they need another ball handler, but they need they kind of need rim pressure. I don't know if they need uh they don't yeah. they don't need what CJ brings necessarily. They could use a little more individual offense for sure. But yeah. and, and, and they've got uh, Jalen Brunson and CJ are again not is there that much of a difference between those two guys at this point? And Brunson, even on his next contract, won't make as much as as CJ, yeah, Indiana, they've kind of got some similar guys. They've, they've got some decent players that could be traded back. I mean, that that might be a thought. So there are some teams that maybe come to mind where you're kind of taking back worse salary, though. Right. Yeah, I'm not I, – I, I don't think – I'm just very interested to see what his value is around the league. I don't have a great feeling for that because, of course, you know, it's not like – Neil was ever willing to even consider trading him, it seemed like. And so we haven't heard that discussed much. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jake Fisher of Bleach Report, who's a recent guest on your podcast, check out uh, NateDuncan.com or NateDuncanBasketball.com. Uh, and, but um, he said that there would, if like at a lower asking price, there's been, there's some belief that there would, that CJ could be moved. Like there are some teams interested, but as long as the Blazers aren't asking for like multiple firsts or a star in return, that like, if you take back TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb, you could make it happen. Yeah, I, th- I think you could get one okay first round pick for CJ, while also taking back some salary that uh, of varying desirability. Yeah, um, I want to ask you about the young guys because sort of the Blazers season is now about people under twenty four, and they've got two, I guess, enticing ones. Before we do that. Let's talk about Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whatever sports action it is, you'll find it there, whether it's the ongoing NFL playoffs, whether it's the ongoing NBA's regular season, whether you want to bet on NHL hockey or soccer all over the globe, or play your favorite Vegas casino games, you'll find it all available at betonline.ag. And while you're visiting that website, which you can do on your desktop or your mobile device, make sure you put in the promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Promo code is locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit you make. Bet online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. 
still Mike Richmond, and we're still chatting here with Nate Duncan, the prolific host of the Dunked On Basketball podcast. What have been your perceptions of, well, let's start with Nazir Little. Uh, what have your perceptions of Nas in, in his sort of quote-unquote breakout year three? Yeah, it's funny. I The three-point shooting statistically, let me see, what, what is he at from three now? I looked at this a couple weeks ago. He's, yeah, he's at 32% still from three on 133 attempts. It seems like every time I watch him are the games where he hits a ton yeah. of threes, but he's he's been more aggressive shooting it. I think you can start to talk yourself into him being a good enough shooter eventually at that position, which is exciting. I think he's also starting to find to some degree what made him an enticing prospect to begin with was just that he actually plays hard. He can He's doing more on the glass now on both ends, which I think is important settling in maybe to possibly being that coveted combo forward role with athleticism. I'm still, sometimes I'm just wowed at the positions that he can receive the ball and get up and dunk it. And these wings are really, really hard. I think the hardest position to project because a lot of them develop their skills late and you just don't know the level that they're going to get to there. But I think he, the fact that he's found a way to get out there and be effective and earn time and not be a liability and to utilize his athleticism by playing hard is a big step forward this year. Are we going to then extrapolate that, that stardom is in his future? I'm not sure, but he's also has pretty good athleticism at his size and his shooting stroke is looking pretty decent. So I think you have to be pretty encouraged to, about him. I mean, it's his third year. He's going to be extension eligible already, which is crazy. But I wouldn't mind seeing what he can do in a larger role here down the end of the year with Dame out and some of these other guys potentially traded. Yeah, my I've been saying on the pod is like, just just shoot a bunch. Just shoot a bunch, Daz. Like, these games don't <laughs> matter. Get him up. Uh, with his feet set, he's a pretty good three-point shooter. His sometimes decision-making, like, when to take those threes is a little weird. But as, like, a true spacer, like, stand still, he looks, he just looks better. His, his It looks better. I want him to shoot five threes a game for every game for the rest of the year. Uh, in his last game, they, he took 10. So, um Maybe that's too many. Yeah, <laughs> but but I think somewhere between five and eight is a great number for him because you just he needs. Let's see the volume and see the sort of consistency there. He rebounds like he's six ten. Like he's he's he has he's a really good rebounder. That's a skill. If he if he sharpens up the defense a little bit, I, I I'm a believer in him being like a a solid long term starter, um, or at least like a top seven contributor pretty easily because of the athleticism and the like you said and the motor stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a hard position to fill. Do you want to count on him going into next year as you're trying to compete again with Dame as the starting three or four? No. Maybe we'll find out the answer. No, the rest no, of the year. I don't think you do. No. Like if you want to be good, no. you want him to be your backup. But I don't know if they're going to have well, that okay, luxury. But I, I'm saying you, you test it out. The answer is probably going to be no. But you can at least maybe find that. Yeah, you got forty some games of data here um, to figure out what you yeah. want. Uh, Avery Simons looks like a like a long term NBA starter, and maybe more than that. Um, what are your perceptions of Ant year four heading into restricted free agency? Uh, should the Blazers add more six foot three guards who are offense first? I think the answer is definitely yes. Let's do it. 
Well, the thing that's so exciting about him is what he's able to do out of the pick and roll. And as a score, more so than a a distributor, obviously. But I think that distributing out of the pick and roll can be learned. And he's, he's doing more as a passer this year out of pick and roll than he had been in the past. If you look at the synergy numbers, for example, in pick and roll, he's taken the shot 159 times and 108 times has made a pass that's led directly to a shot, which is not, that is not the most shooting centric ratio among some guys. That's, that's getting your average point guard is probably, you know, a Ricky Rubio type is probably more closer to 50, 50 in that ratio. Whereas Ant is below that, but, or, or sorry, not Ant, Anthony Simons is below that. Hey, you could call him Ant so here. We're pro Ant on this podcast. We don't listen to the Ant uh, Edwards propaganda. We'll call we call him Ant. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's exciting that he's shown a little bit more passing ability, but he's just a, a really nice shooter out of pick and roll. And yeah, some of his big games that he had were against teams that weren't necessarily real defenses. Sure. And he he brings a ton of defensive issues on his own are are you I, I think he's proven that he could be a quality scorer off the bench can he start next to Damian Lillard well if you thought your defense with Damon CJ is bad now it's going to be even worse there he is a quality spot up option though yep. like offensively I think he's really made a ton of strides and he's at least establishing himself at a level of quality sixth man production going forward it's just he's still contributing to winning basketball with his defense and his ability to play off ball more you know you'd love to see him come off of screens a little bit more than he does off the ball as well I think all of that can grow in time I'm not sure whether he can get there defensively I think he's always going to be a liability on that end but I think it's exciting and, and I'm curious to see if he's going to get the keys here for a long time now you would think with dame on the shelf for maybe eight weeks if not the entire season i'm curious to see what happens whether he can maintain efficiency whether the blazers actually still win some games with him out there as they've had a few but now they're going on this road trip very curious to see what what happens for him here and whether the blazers or another team are going to want to invest in him at a starter level. They will have restricted rights on him. But if you still have Damon CJ, are you going to match an offer that's well into the eight-figure-per-year range? Is there a team that's going to see him as a future starter, invest in someone young, and want to go into the high eight figures, close to $20 million a year? Would that, would that possibly happen if he has a good year the rest of the year? really has a high range. I don't have a great understanding of what the league thinks of him right If now. I'm the Pistons, I give Ant four for $80 million and see what happens in a, in a heartbeat. Wow. In a heartbeat. He, he would be a pretty good fit next to Cade, I got to yep. say. That's not bad. Yep. With all apologies to Kevin O'Connor and Killian Hayes, uh, two people I really respect, but uh, I'm investing in Ant uh, way. I'm heavily, heavily if I'm the Pistons. Well, well so, so let me ask you this, though. Colin Sexton is a very similar player who will also be a restricted free agent this year. That's do you, if you are a team looking to make a restricted free agent offer sheet, are you prioritizing Simons 
or are you prioritizing Sexton? I would probably prioritize Sexton just because he's done it at more of a of a and level. the rim pressure, uh, like a little bit of a better ability to yeah. get all the way to the rim. Oof, that's tough. I I kind of think Ant has shown a little bit more of the like make ability to make high level reads. He's not a high level passer yet, but you can see him kind of saying like, okay. Here's the help side coming, you know, whatever. Far corner is open. I'm going to make that read more than I think Sexton does, who has a lot of um, tunnel vision characteristics. Uh, but he's not, um, he doesn't only see the rim. He's, he's, he's he has, and some, some of his downhill ability opens up more of the offense and allows him to be a better playmaker. But I think they're close. I would probably lean Sexton too, but I think, I think it would be close. Um, I, I think Ambry Simon's ability to shoot off the shoot threes off the dribble is what every team kind of wants. Um, and so I would maybe lean that way for just, just for that skill alone. Yeah. Is that, that's going to be a, maybe the Cavs value, which team values the, each guy more is interesting too. But again, you, that's the salary structure for the Blazers. And then you throw in the potential luxury tax as well. You know, I know we're running out of time here, but we probably, we haven't even discussed the fact that they're, in the tax right now they're gonna get out out. i'm not worried they're gonna make a trade to save their money they're that's like goal number one for the rest of the season yeah one with yeah they are three million dollars into the tax right now i i I think after this recent surge there's no way they end up trading simons though yeah i mean i think it's hard to bring dame and like if you're gonna say dame and ant as the backcourt for next season i think you have to trade cj mccollum no matter what he can't come back and you probably need to consider trading Norman Powell. Like, I don't, it's, it seems, you just need big, if you're going to commit to Damon Ant, you just need bigger, you just need wings. You need more forwards. Everyone's obviously chasing forwards or whatever, and I don't think it's that simple. Yeah. Um, but like, it's, I, I don't, I don't know if you could bring three, any combination of three of those gentlemen back. And if you're going to commit to Ant because he's 22 and looks good, I think it's the veterans who have to go. So they've got, they have quite a journey here between here and October. Um, who knows? Yeah. And it's just, again, it comes back to this idea of holding on to Dame, trading veterans, but then you have to fill those veterans in. Maybe there's a thought that you hold on to Dame and we're just going to bring in younger guys and hope that they develop because, hey, you know what? If we bring in veterans, they're not going to be good enough anyway. So let's just hope that we invest in these young guys that have some upside, maybe by a McCollum trade and just see, see what ends up happening with that rather than bringing in the next Covington and the next. Yeah. Let Dane play more of a, like a sort of shepherding babysitter type with a bunch of dudes under 25, as opposed to like bring in his peers and go for it again. Yeah. I, I think that could be the path. Um, Good luck selling that to him. Uh, But, (laughs) but he might be on board. Honestly, there, there might be a chance where Dame is like, because of all the overhaul in the organization that he's like, cool. I, if I want to be here and if the money's right and if the whatever's right, uh, I'll be here and we'll just, we'll, we might not go for it in the way I wanted. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to, I'll let you get out of here. We ran a little long, but that's, if y'all have listened to dunked on, you know how it it's, goes. It's inevitable. Yeah. If you've ever listened to a 30 and 60, that goes two hours. You know how, it, you know how it can be. <laughs> uh, Nate's where can people find more of your stuff? Yeah. You can go to Nate Duncan NBA 
nateduncan.com. You'll find pretty much everything. Or just on my Twitter, at NBA. We do the NBA cast, which is via NBA League Pass, alternate announcing on Mondays. We do a game. So if you're a League Pass subscriber, you can check that out. There's a little banner over the game that we're doing on Mondays. So that's probably the biggest thing to to push right now. And uh, yeah, fascinating to see what these guys do going into the deadline, yeah. if anything. Yeah, one of the most interesting teams in the league in terms of where they go. Uh, but, you know, maybe not the basketball part, but we'll see. Uh, Nate, thanks so much for joining us. We will do it again soon. Dear listeners, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts and also on YouTube. If you're listening this deep into the episode, you now legally owe it to me to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you for abiding. We will be back with more shows later this week. The Blazers continue their road trip. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.